Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be a better prayer? Of course, if you downloaded this episode, I'm assuming that you believe in God, that you've approached Him in petition or communion through this activity of communication that we call prayer and interaction with the divine. Many times when we approach Him, we're asking for something. And have you ever wondered if there's a secret formula for getting what you're asking for? Well, the Bible doesn't say that, but it does show us clearly how to approach God in prayer in a way that ensures that we're aligned with His will and that His best comes to our world. Heaven comes to earth through His grace as we approach Him with boldness in prayer. In the story of Elijah, which is recounted in 1 Kings and commented on in the letter of James in the New Testament, we find principles of prevailing prayer. I've identified seven of them. I want to share them with you today so that we can all approach God with confidence. We're praying in the right spirit, from the right position, in the right way, for the right things, so that He can bring His right goodness to us. Let's get into it. Thank you, friend, for joining me at Arlington United. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. Um, the scene is there's been a drought. It's been three years, three and a half actually, hadn't rained. And Elijah has just taken the last 12 baskets of water they had and poured it out on the sacrifice. And God's answered by fire. And all the false prophets are dead. Yahweh has shown himself to be God over all the intermediate rebellious spiritual beings. And it's, they had a good day. But it still hadn't rained yet. Still hadn't rained yet. The Bible says in verse 41, Elijah said to Ahab, he's the king, get up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Ahab went up to eat and drink. It's a good thing when a prophet tells you something to do it. So Ahab should have done more of that. Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. I, I love the, the, the contrast here of ascending to the top of the mountain but then getting as low as he could before his God. And he says to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and he said, there's nothing. <laughs> Don't you love it when you're full of faith and nothing happens? And he said, go again seven times. So the grammar is not clear whether he just tells him you're going to have to go seven times or if he came back each time and he said, go again. It'd be kind of funny if he said, I want you to go seven times and the first six, nothing is going to happen. That would have been, that would have been awesome. Came to pass at the seventh time, he said, Behold, there's a rise, there's a little cloud out of the sea. It's like a man's hand. He said, Go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot, get you down, that the rain doesn't stop you. In other words, unless you've got a four-wheel drive with mud grippers, you know, got those iron wheels, it's going to be tough. You better get moving, Ahab. It's going to get nasty. Your chariot, like Jude says, is going to get stuck in the mud. That's what he says. It's going to get stuck in the mud. <laughs> Came to pass in the meanwhile, the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. Today, seven principles of prevailing prayer. Seven principles of prevailing prayer. We're going to use this text and companion text, the commentary that James has in chapter 5. We're going to learn today there is a way to prevail in prayer. Has anybody ever prayed before? Anybody ever asked God for something? There is a way to pray and see God 
move on our behalf. And the keys are found in this text and James' commentary. Lord, we love you. We're thankful for you. And we're thankful for the people that are gathered here today. We're thankful for those that are with us through electronic means, whether it be the live Zoomcast or those that are listening also on podcast to the rebroadcast of this sermon. We praise you for what you're doing. We're asking you in the name of Jesus to touch every person and let your principles and your truth affect our lives in a positive way that we would never be the same. The church said amen. <coughs> you can be seated. So drought on. <laughs> Three and a half years without rain. Anybody ever been to California? They talk about how beautiful California is. And, and I like the beaches. That's nice and all that. I'll be honest with you. I've been to California in the summer, and parts of it are not that great because when it's the dry season, it all turns about the color of this floor. And it's not as pretty. And, and some people talk about the beauty of California, how beautiful these areas are. It. And then I came back during the rainy season, and it was totally different because there's a change when the rain comes. Can you say that with me? There's a change when the rain comes. It's a change when the rain comes. Um, same geography, same structures, same hills, same valleys, but there's a change when the rain comes. Everything looks better after a rain. You ever walked out and just rejoiced to see things growing and all that? Everything changed after rain. It's been three and a half years since that happened. This ground in Israel must have looked much more parched than California in a dry season because it had been three and a half years since one drop of rain fell from heaven. Talk about scraping the bottom of the barrel. They, they didn't have desalination plants then to get fresh water. No doubt they were going places to bring water in for their animals and for their families because they didn't have, their cisterns weren't working anymore because the, the, the rain had failed. Wells had gone dry, three and a half years of drought. But Elijah is a man of prayer and a man of faith. Our companion text in 5... 16 through 18 says, the effective, fervent, or zealous prayer of a righteous person gets a lot of things done. It gets a lot of things done. James 5 and 16 says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. And he said, Elijah was a man of like passions as we are. That word, uh, it's interesting, be interesting to those of you in healthcare, it's homeopathios. It means the same things that affected you affect Elijah. This is actually where a lot of us throw the double X up and say, God, I'm not qualified. You're not going to move in my life. Many of us actually believe that God is good. Many of us believe that he is sovereign. And many of us believe that he actually acts in the earth. But what we actually think, if you put the truth serum to us, is we think he moves for other people and that we have a little bit of doubt as to whether he'll move for us. Sure, Mother Teresa could get a prayer through. I mean, if the orphans in India and back, you know, you know, back in the 60s, she could pray and somebody would bring something because Mother Teresa is a pretty good person, right? Surely God will move for, you know, some famous evangelist or some, you know, I, I'm pretty sure Adrian Roger knew how to pray and, you know, if, Something was wrong, had problems with some deacon or something. I'm sure Adrian could get one through and pray. But what we think is, we think, God won't do that for me because I'm just me. And I have the 
days when I get frustrated at the dog or, you know, my bills or my boss or the people that work for me or whatever. We think, you know, we, we know ourselves. James actually disqualifies that disqualification. And what James does is move that right out of the way. And he said, Elijah was affected by the same things that you and I are affected by. Candace, he was a man just like your lady. He was, he was human. Elijah, if you don't believe it, look at his performance on Mount Carmel. Before the fire fell, he's making fun of people. How seeker sensitive is that? I mean, he's out there mocking these people who were false prophets. He, Elijah was scared for his life. Shortly after this episode on Carmel, he's actually asking God to kill him because he doesn't want to live anymore. And then he gets all pouty and says, I'm the only person that's living for you. And when there were actually 7,000 that had not fallen into idolatry. So Elijah wasn't perfect. Elijah wasn't perfect. He was just persistent. So a challenge that comes to you and me is that we need to understand how to not be disqualifying of ourselves for what God wants to do in our lives in prayer. Now, I told you at the beginning before this sermon, I am not a professional prayer. I'm not an awesome, you know, people talk about being a prayer warrior. I'm not even sure if I'm a, a prayer soldier. I don't know, you know, I, I, I'm not this great prayerful person who understands all the, the things that there are to understand. But I can tell you that God has answered my prayers. And I have seen God answer the prayers of others enough to know that he is an active agent in human life. And we don't have to rely on the deistic view that God has wound up the universe and then just lets it wind down by natural law, so-called, and that he doesn't intervene in the world at all. The Bible actually teaches us that in him we live and we breathe and we have our being. Quantum physics will tell you that there are forces that actually hold the universe together. And if those forces stop, the universe will fly apart. I believe what the Bible says, that the world's were framed by the Word of God. And I believe He is holding every atom together at this moment. And if He holds them together, He can move them apart. I believe in a God who walks through walls. I believe in a God who rises from the dead. I believe in a God who walks on water. And I believe in a God that gives people that pray for an adoption an adopted baby. I believe in a God who gives people who pray for a 29-week, two-week baby, two-day baby to live, that God answers that prayer. Do we always get the answer that we want? No. But I will not allow God's sovereignty in His answering cause me to excuse myself from intercession. I'm still going to pray and I'm still going to expect God to intervene because that's what I see in this book. And I have staked my life and I've staked my eternity on the truth of this book. And therefore, if I believe that He is my Savior, I also believe that He is my healer. If I believe that He is my healer, I believe that He is my provider. If I believe He is my provider, I believe that He is my counselor. If I believe He is my counselor, I believe that He is my sustainer. Does anyone today believe that the Lord is still active in the earth and it is worthwhile praying? Does anybody believe? I mean, otherwise, it's all a sham, right? It's all a show. Jesus said, pray. We're spending six weeks talking about six clauses from your 
prayer closet to change the world. And Jesus said to his disciples, this is how you ought to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And then we get to that next clause, give us. Well, that's, that's where some of us like to start because we have the spiritual maturity sometimes of those guys on the second row. Give me, give me, give me, God. But Jesus did say that. After we place our lives under his sovereignty, we are allowed to say, Lord, I need something from you. I, I got so frustrated one time. I, I don't know what I would have done if I saw this today. But it shocked me so much that I didn't know how to respond, Jim. I was in an airport. And, you know, sometimes when you go through an airport or to a gathering of people, maybe a ball game or something, they'll have a fancy car and they put it out there to show you because they, they want you to see that fancy car and everything and how nice it is. There was a, a Lexus convertible when those first came back, and it had like these velvet ropes or whatever to keep it, and it was, they were displaying that car. And there was some dude, it's always some dude, and he crossed that velvet rope and he got inside the car and he got behind the wheel. Now, that was odd enough. And then he started saying, I claim this car. And he started saying, I claim this car in the name of Jesus. And that's what I was thinking, Candace. I wish I would have had your boldness right then. I wanted to say, what in the world is wrong with you? I work for that guy that you're blaspheming right now. And you're embarrassing me in front of all these people because I work for Jesus. Our declarations and our prayer, James said, we don't ask to consume things on our own lust. We don't ask, oh, Jesus, I want to win the lottery today. He is not Santa. He's not a, a slot machine. But when we ask in covenant righteousness with Him and we ask in boldness, God does hear our prayers. Willie, when you pray... God hears you as much as He hears me. And He loves you as much as He loves me. And He wants to work in your life as much as He wants to work in my life. We are equal before God in our ability to gain His attention if we are willing to pray as He said pray. Seven principles. And I'm going to stop. Seven principles. Number one, be committed in a covenant relationship. I can walk in my house right now and I can say, Jana, I am hungry. Would you fix me something to eat? And she would probably say, let me do that. Because we are in a covenant relationship. If she says, I need $200 to get so-and-so. If I've got it, I'm going to give it to her. Because I know what's good for me. But we're also in a covenant relationship. But years ago when we were just casual friends, that would have been a different story because we weren't in a covenant relationship. One of the reasons why we are reluctant to pray before the Lord is because we may not be participating in the covenant relationship. James said the effectual fervent prayer, and we like that part, oh, if I just scream loud enough or if I turn red enough or look angry enough, God will answer my prayer. It's not just about emotion. He said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. Not a perfect person. You don't have to be perfect. 
Righteousness doesn't come by your effort, Jay. It comes by standing in Christ. That's why we baptize in Jesus' name, so that you can put on Christ, so that you can come out of that baptistry, if you will, wearing a Jesus suit, that you get to wear His righteousness. And if you have been planted in Him, you are raised like Him, and you have the right, because of your covenant relationship, to ask things of our Father, and He will listen to you. And if He says no, it's because it's not now, or He has something better. It is God's pleasure to give good gifts to his children. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. If you are in covenant relationship, God is interested in your prayers. Can you say amen? The number one principle of prevailing prayer, be committed in a covenant relationship. That's what James said in 5.16. Number two, do not allow your emotions to overwhelm your faith. I struggle with this one. James 5.17, he said, Elijah was a man of like passions. That doesn't mean gone with the wind. It means that his emotions were just like ours. And sometimes our emotions get in the way of our faith. When we're happy, our faith is high. But when we're sad, sometimes our faith is low. God's sovereignty is not determined by our subjective experience. God is still God, whether you feel like it's going to work out okay or you're nervous as a cat in a room full of rockers. God is still God. Number one, be committed in covenant relationship. Number two, do not allow your emotions to overwhelm your faith. Number three, be prophetic in your profession. Verse 41, Elijah said to Ahab, there is a sound of abundance of rain. By the ears, it was a lie, Scott, because it hadn't started raining yet. But Elijah was speaking in faith prophetically. Once you have an agreement with God, it is okay to say, God, you are going to work in my situation. God, you are going to make a difference in my family. God, you are going to allow me to overcome this challenge. God, you are going to be faithful to me. Elijah was prophetic in his profession. He told Ahab, there is a sound of abundance of rain. Be committed in covenant relationship. Don't allow your emotions to overwhelm your faith. Be prophetic in your profession and be specific in your request. Some of us are like, oh, Lord, uh, bless my family and uh, bless this country. Well, those are good prayers. But you don't see specific answers unless you make specific requests. If I come home and I'm hungry and I say to Jana, oh, Jana, I would like for you to be a covenant partner in our marriage relationship. Well, that's great, but that's pretty vague. And she may not be able to read my mind. And so sometimes it's good to say, honey, I'm hungry, or I want to watch a show, or I want to take the boys out to the farm. To make my request known is part of the relationship, and I can't criticize her for a lack of performance in that relationship if I'm not specific about the request. It is imperative that when we pray to God, James said you don't have because you're asking amiss. James 4 and 3. You're just asking vague things or you're asking for things to spend it on yourselves. You're not asking according to the will of God. But when you ask specifically according to the will of God, God will answer your prayers. Be committed to covenant relationship. Don't allow your emotions to overwhelm your faith. Be prophetic in your profession. Be specific in your requests. Be humble before the sovereignty of God. Way on top of the mountain. But Jim, he gets down low to the earth as he can. He says, God, I need you to make it right. I need you to make it rain here and now. I need you to do something, God. 
We are humble before God's sovereignty. We don't ask for, you know, I want this car. You know, that was quite possibly the dumbest prayer I've ever heard. And I wanted to jerk a knot in that guy's head because he just he was asking according to his lust. It it wasn't out of humility. It wasn't out of covenant relationship. It was out of his own selfish desire. But when we ask God, He will do great things with us. He'll do great things with us. He will do great things with us. Be humble before the sovereignty of God. My sermon just improved, didn't it? It's awesome. You guys, you guys are looking awesome. For those of y'all on the podcast, my son just joined me up here. I think he wanted to get a little preaching in today. Maybe he's just running the aisles. Number six, be persistent in your expectation. I want it to rain, God. Hey, servant, I want you to go and look. And guess what happened? Nothing. And that's when you and I pack it in and say, that must have been for those old-time Pentecostals. It must be for people that fast seven days a week. It must be for people that um, look like Mother Teresa and walk around in a habit. It must be for people who talk in tongues every day while they're brushing their teeth. It must be for some super special Christian and not for me. Let me tell you something. You be persistent in your prayer. If Elijah can call down fire from heaven and he had to pray seven times for it to rain, Sheila, that doesn't mean God's always going to answer you the first time. But the Bible teaches us in the parable of the important, important widow and the, and the unresponsive judge. That widow just kept knocking on his door. And finally, the judge said, I'm just going to answer her because she's not going to stop. I would to God right now that some of us in this congregation would become so fervent in our prayers that we would bombard heaven and say, Lord, I'm not going to stop praying until you touch my family. I'm not going to stop praying until you touch my neighborhood. I'm going to stop, stop praying until I'm fully submitted to your will, until your will is being done in earth as it is in heaven. Who would be bold in your prayers this week? Who would return to God with a need that you've been praying for for a while and you'd be willing to say, God, I want you to move and I need you to move in my life. Be prepared for the answer to come. Be prepared for the answer to come. Second Kings, they were in another drought and the prophet said, I want you to fill this whole valley with ditches because tomorrow it's going to rain. Willie, if they hadn't dug those ditches, we wouldn't have any water because it would all run off. We've got to prepare for when God answers prayer. God is going to move and God is going to do some miraculous things. Would you stand with me right now? God is at work. God is at work. How many believe that prayer makes a difference in our lives? Would you close your eyes right now? You close your eyes. Lord, I want you to make a difference. God, I'm tired. I'm tired of hearing about the Democrats versus the Republicans and the Republicans versus the Democrats. And I, I'm tired of hearing about administrations and versus administrations. And I, I'm tired of hearing that we need just better education. And I'm tired of hearing people argue about things like, like um, whether we're united or whether we're divided. I'm tired of, of everything being so political and so diver, uh, divisive and, and everybody being against one another. Lord, I want to see a difference in my family. I want to see a difference in my home. I want to see a difference in my neighborhood. God, I want to see a difference in my workplace. And I'm prepared to pray for it. I'm prepared to pray for it in the name of Jesus. Begin covenant relationship with God. Be persistent. Be persistent in your prayer. Don't allow your emotions to overwhelm your faith. Be prophetic in your profession. Be specific in your request. Be humble before God. And finally, be prepared. 
Let's be people of prevailing prayer. Let's be committed in a covenant relationship with God. We're not perfect, but we can be righteous in Christ. Let's don't allow our emotions to overwhelm our faith. Although we have like passions, like Elijah, let's be people of faith, not people ruled by what we feel. Let's be prophetic in our profession, specifically expecting God to do His best in our world and to bring His kingdom to come. Let's be specific in our requests. Let's ask Him specifically to do certain things. And if it's of His will, He will because of the power of His name. Let's be humble before the sovereignty of God and recognize that we don't always get what we want because we don't always want the things that we need to get. Let's be persistent in our expectation. Don't just pray once. Don't just pray twice. Let's be persistent. Like that widow who kept approaching the judge. Let's keep approaching the throne of mercy, the throne of grace, and see that God will operate in our lives. And finally, let's be prepared for the answer to come. Let's make the preparation that is the expectation of our faith. Seven principles of prevailing prayer. Friend, would you pray for me today? Would you pray for your family? Would you pray for our world? Would you pray for the ministry of Lord United? Whatever your needs are today, let's approach them with God. And let's, let's see what His will is for us. Thank you, friend, for joining us at Arlington United.